Yeah, 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 yeah. Good people. Welcome back to the Breaking Bread Podcast. I'm Lee. I'm out here with my boy Derek. And today we're going to bring to y'all some true fire, some true heat, man. You know, I've known this brother a long time. My man Shabir is here. Real estate developer, entrepreneur, philanthropist. You know, Shabir, welcome to the show, man. We're really glad to have you out here. Good brother. I'm glad to be here. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Absolutely, man. So, you know, we want to open it up. But uh, give us a little bit about you. Tell us about the moves you made. What do you do on a day-to-day? Uh, tell the people more about Shabir. Uh, <clears throat> I'm a real estate investor. I'm a uh, landlord. I'm also, I also invest in the stock market. And I own a road service where we help out mm-hmm. dump trucks, tractor trailers, and other commercial vehicles that break down. We help back on the road. Mm-hmm. And, and what area is this? Uh, mainly in Rocky Mountain. Rocky Mountain. That's what's up. That's what's up. So with the real estate investing start, you know, we're going to get into all of those things. But (laughs) for that piece, right, I know you said you're a landlord, you're an investor. Uh, What does your portfolio look like? How many properties do you guys have? What do you guys specialize in? Uh, What do y'all do? We got, I don't know the exact number, but I know it's about $2 million worth of property. Hmm. Renovations? Yeah, we do. Now we do renovations. We uh, rent them out. We sold like a couple, but our main thing that we do is we think we have children. So the main thing that we're doing is a buy and hold strategy, buy, hold them and try to build it up from there so we can get the uh, rent coming in every month so we can retire. <laughs> and then we got we a lot of time, you know, we start getting old, we can have some money coming in every month that we ain't got to work for passive income, like mailbox money type of thing. <clears throat> Absolutely. So what made you get into real estate and what was your... I guess your first property, like what, what transpired to you saying, okay, I think I want to do this. And, and you targeted a property. Gotcha. What got me into real estate was this. Um, I read a book called rich dad, poor dad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I read that book and it really opened my eyes up. And, and I was like, wow, we got the whole game messed up. We talked completely backwards from, we playing two totally different games. It's like we playing softball and they playing major league baseball. Mm-hmm. We thinking mm-hmm. two totally different ways. And one of the things I read that book and then I also read a book called uh, Investing for Teens. And I read it in my 20s, believe it or not. But the thing is, where I was at financially from from a, uh, understanding what money is, what capital is, and how to grow it from from a legal standpoint, I was teenage. So that, that, book, that book opened up my eyes and it let me know that a lot of wealthy people have three things that other people don't, which is uh, money coming in from real estate, money coming in from businesses that they own, and money coming in from the stock market and possibly a job. Mm-hmm. And I looked at that and I was like, wow. So I was like, all right, cool. Real estate. At this time when I was reading it, when the book was made, uh, real estate and stocks was some of the main things that I was like, I can go in and reach out and, and make a move. So I, I got to business for myself and I started, after that, I got to the real estate. Oh, well, so... I always ask this for to people, um, mm-hmm. especially when you, because, you know, everybody think about doing something. It's not even necessarily real estate or even entrepreneur, but think about doing stuff and then like, okay, it's time for me to do it. So what, if this ain't too personal for you, what uh-huh. is your life made you be like, okay, it's time. I'm tired of the way my life is. I'm not even just tired or I'm ready to be who I want to be and I know I can be. What 
in your life made you be like, all right, here it go? When I was young, uh, when I was young, like in high school and stuff, people was doing different things I couldn't do because we was poor. We was, yeah, you know, yeah. not like we didn't have a place to live like that, but we was we didn't have the same things as other people. And I was like, you know what, man, I got to figure something out to get this going because my mom, single parent, she had three kids, it's three of us. So I'm like, man, I got to figure something out. Oh, it was the pair right. of days? Yeah. So I was like, yo. <laughs> I know what it is, though. It was, it was a lot of things like that. Like, man, why do I have this? And right. like, we had we had something, but at the end of the day, you know, as a, you're a child, you look yeah. at things a certain way, like, man, right. I want those, though. Mm-hmm. We did have something, which is better than nothing, but I was like, yo, I want those. Right, I understand. And I realized early, like, if this is what you want, you have to go out here and get it on your own. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then to piggyback on that question, man, so we understood that you that you read the material mm-hmm. you studied you put the work in tell the people about just the first step after you closed investing for teens and after you closed rich dad poor dad what was the first thing you did to begin on this journey was it to approach the lc was it to try to find capital was it to start looking at properties for those of us out here with these same dreams of accomplishing the portfolio a portfolio like you have what's the very first step uh Excuse me. After I read those two, I looked and seen what what business I can get myself into because even before I had read those, I was already in business. I had already uh was doing a little little something with the music, and yeah. then uh, we we had already did a number of parties. We had did um a little bit of clothes at the time, and we had I used to sell CDs. So I was all I was already into business. So I was like, you know what? Let me get in the business. And my younger brother told me about the trucking business. So that was one of the first things that I did was got into the trucking business. Bro, that's funny. Selling CDs. I remember. You remember back when people used to make mixtapes on the series? Be like, yo, they go five <laughs> Or you go to the Best Buy. dollars Listen, want nothing worse than going to the Best Buy where you needed the CDRWs yeah. you know, that you can rewrite. And only yeah. got the R's. And they got a thousand R's. On the- yeah, see the youngest. Let me get to the mic. See the youngest don't know. What no. is a CDR? I don't know what a CDRW is. What is that? <laughs> so, you know, go to YouTube. <laughs> Go to Google and tell you all about it. But I remember looking for them RWs one day because the RWs twenty five about fifteen dollars. Mm-hmm. Right? Get a thousand R's for those, but they got CDs all over the place. Mm-hmm. Man, it seems like yesterday you can rewrite those things all the time. Yeah, well, that, right that's back. like yesterday. I remember the clear little cover. Like, hey, check this out. Yeah, that was that was it. That was a hustle for a lot of people for sure. Absolutely. So it sounds like the transactional nature of business and you understanding things like margins and cost structures and marketing you had already had experience with in other various facets. So let me put it to you like this. Is it safe to say that, and again, out there trying to inspire those that are younger coming behind us, it sounds like you have to learn the nature of business, but you can do it on a scale that's still financially safe. That's right. What I mean by that is you don't have to go out here and go to the bank and get a $3 million loan and then not know what to do with it. That's right. Because the bank will give you the money. They will give you the money. That's right. They, they will. That, that bank one of the biggest misconceptions in our culture is that the bank won't give you the money. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. They want to give you the loan because they're making money off the loan That's right. and processing fees and transaction fees and an interest. Mm-hmm. So yeah, banker Jim wants to give you that loan. But what we're, but what we're saying is you could crowdsource. You know, I remember being young and I used to sell hard tops, basically frozen Kool-Aid. I was put Kool-Aid in the freezer. Kool-Aid in the freezer, put the sun on the pole, and then kids riding their bikes all day, they get hot. Yeah. yeah right? Yeah. Come yeah. to the door 25 cents. 25. But you learn about marketing. I put the, the sun on the pole. You learn about diversity of flavors. Oh, you know, I got three blue raspberries left. I really wanted a fruit punch. So now I know I got to make more fruit punch. Mm-hmm. So what we're saying is the consequence really isn't there because your total investment for some Kool-Aid pack and some sugar and some water is 
twenty dollars. Mm-hmm. But when you look at the margins on that, you can turn that twenty into fifty. That's right. And you don't need to go ahead and get five hundred thousand dollars and blow that to learn those mistakes. You can do that on a smaller scale to to learn the ins and outs. Now, are you from Rocky Mount? No, nah, I'm from Smithfield. Oh, you from Smithfield? Okay. See, I thought you. Well, we already had this conversation, but I did that for the for the for the for the people listening. Yeah. So I'm from Wilson originally, but from Smithfield. So did you went to y'all, y'all went to high school? Yeah, we, yeah, I keep forgetting yeah, that. You did sure. tell me that. Yeah. So did you at the high school? Did you go to college or you decided to just go for at the high school? Uh, when I was in high school, I was dibbing and dabbing with uh, dibbing and dabbing with a few things, mm-hmm. and my my father came down because I was getting in trouble, and he convinced my mom to trick me into joining the army. So I, <laughs> <laughs> so I joined the army, man, from when I was seventeen, and I got out when I was twenty one. Okay, gotcha. So served the country. Thank you for your service, good yeah, brother. Yeah. Really appreciate that. Yeah. And um, and yeah, man. So more about. So we've heard about the real estate piece. And we're going to get back into that too. Let's talk about this trucking for a little bit, right? So what's the name of the trucking uh, business? To the Top Trucking. To the Top Trucking. Uh, mm-hmm. You guys got some Instagram handles you want to shout out real quick? Well, we, to be honest, is the thing. We went, once again, with business. One thing about business that I learned that you have to do is know, know how to pivot. I got to the trucking, the dump trucking business. I got an older truck. And for the people that don't know, the, the trucking business to me is 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 a hard business to win. It's, it's ways to win, but it's, it's a... It's a cash intensive business and you have uh-huh. to have, you have to depend on a lot of people. You have to depend on people to drive for you, depend on people to get the routes, depend on um, people to pay you. There's a lot of things you have to depend on. I jumped out there head first and I scaled up from one truck to five trucks and I got the five and then um, fuel was shooting up. I was having problems with drivers. And one thing that I was continuing to pay for was maintenance. Uh-huh. And I said, one, one day I was like, hmm, I just paid this maintenance man more than I'm gonna get paid off this truck. Wow, that's that blew my mind. Mm-hmm. And then uh, one of my one of my uh, guys I was in the streets where he called. I called him one day and, he, and I was telling him about the trucks. He was like, "You know what, man? You're gonna make more money working on these trucks than you're gonna make driving them." And I was like, "Man, ain't no way in hell." I didn't believe it, but something clicked in. I'm like, "He wouldn't lie to me. He ain't gonna make money off of no decision I make. So why would he lie?" Exactly. I went and got me a service truck put it together and I started making moves with that. And once I started comparing the little truck to the big truck, it works out better for me to make money off the little service truck than the big truck. And once I figured that out, I started phasing out the dump trucks more and more and more and pivoting more into what works for me, which is the road service business. Gotcha. So you started off with dump trucks and deliveries, things like that freight. Mm Mm-hmm. After an encounter, you realize that you needed to pivot your business strategy. And what people don't realize is this happens in corporate America every day. Yeah. People think that, you know, oh, well, this business right here has been around as an institution, right? But if you really go back and look at a lot of history from some businesses, they have totally pivoted their business model from where they are today. Mm-hmm. And this is a story right here. Mm-hmm. You know, you started off there, you realize that repair is where it is. And, and the macroeconomic situation was impactful to you, right? Fuel is through the roof today. You know, that's something that you really don't have to worry about with maintenance, right? Because if you're driving a route, you got to burn the fuel. But if you're fixing the trucks that have to drop the route and you're in a space where it's necessary because the trucks have to stay on the road. Got to stay on the road. Yeah. And then, and then what you did is the comparison between the two business models and discovered, like you said, you put it so elegantly, like the little truck outpaced the big truck. And that's just, like I say, it just worked. That's what works for me. A lot of things, and, and that's the thing in business as well, is so many different ways to handle this. I got friends that's in the trucking business. And I talk to them and I let them know that's, that's for y'all. That's not for me. Yep. This is for me. Yep. I'm more with things that 
you can make a lot in a little bit of time. Right. Because in my pre pre previous life and things that I did, you make a lot in a little bit of time. It's risky, but you stand to make way more. And I like to make. You like to maximize. Most, I like to make maximum wage. Maximum. <laughs> Run that back one more time, bro. You like to maximum do ma maximum wage. I like to set what I get paid. I don't like, hey, we can pay you this. I like, nah, this is what it is, and right. let me know when the invoice is paid. That's what I like. I, I'm trying to tell you maximum wage. Bro. And it's funny you talk about pivot because I tell people that all the time. I remember uh, when I used to I used to uh, coach high school football, and I had some kids that when they were turning seniors, like, hey. Uh, they would ask me stuff about college and stuff like that. I'd be like, look, man, you going into college, you saying this is what you want to do. That's cool, and that's fine. Write it in pencil, not pen. Because while you're on that journey, you might discover something else. You discover right. yourself more, and you're like, hey, I want to do that. And I tell people that, period, in life, you don't matter if you're 17 or 37 or somewhere in between there. Whatever you figure like you want to do, try to do that. And through that journey, you might figure out you like doing it and you really want to keep pushing it. Or you'd be like, hey, let's pivot because I actually like this instead. Yeah. And that's exactly what you did. You was like... I thought I was going to like dump trucking. I don't like it. Yeah. And you pivoted. I like it, but Not more in business, the thing is this, man. We in business. Right. The business, what matters is what? The money. Cash Just because you like it, what does that mean? Is like going to pay the bills? No. It's going to pay the bills is the money. So you got to go with where the money is at for, for the type of person that you are. Mm -hmm. If I could have did it a different way, you know, it's, it's multi-million dollar, billion dollar companies that all they do is trucks. Right. I couldn't figure it out. Right. So you pivot. I figured something out. Right. Yep. This. <laughs> that's what works for me. Right. Yep. And that's the thing. Right. And that's what allows you to own multiple businesses. Right. Because I'm sure earlier you talked about uh, the lessons you learned from the book. And so one of the questions I have of what you're running right now, of the, the real estate investing, being a landlord, owning, you know, the truck and repair business, which one is your favorite to run? To be honest, uh, road service. That's the one, huh? Uh, let me see. I would say a, a a little bit of, no, I would say a landlord. I like the landlord. I knew you going to say Yeah, I, I, was I, was like, I like the landlord. <laughs> I like the road service too, but the the thing is with, with the landlord, it gives you uh, time. Mm -hmm. And that's what, a lot of time, that's what we need. Because when you operate, when you run a multiple businesses, there's a lot of things that come at you a lot of times. Once you get that real estate rolling the right way, hey, a property, management, property management in order, you buy the properties right, you fix them, and you rent them out, it's really not that much to do after that. It is some things from time to time, but once you get a tenant in there it's, and you and you fix the house right, it's not a whole lot to do. Now, when you're renovating them, that's another story. But once everything is done, you got a quality tenant in there, what are they going to call you for? Hey, my toilet is fixed. What's a toilet to a person that renovates a whole house? Nothing. What's old? My my, my uh, stove is not working. My refrigerator, this, that's nothing because we done did the hardest part, which is turning this bando into something that's beautiful. Exactly. And when it's beautiful, it's only, you know, minor upkeep. And we don't have no issue with doing that. And I like, one thing I also like is cruise control money. Set it, set it and forget it. That's what type of money I like to make as well. That's it. That's it. And a great point that you made is you understood everything it took to get the house from the bando to the palace. So when the ad hoc problems come, because I think a lot of people get discouraged when they hear about these ad hoc problems that get thrown at them when they start their business, right? I was watching uh, Earn Your Leisure's uh, pod the other day, and they were uh, on there with, uh, with a young lady. I can't recall her name right now, but she blew up in the hair space, and she was having QA issues. She was sourcing her hair, 
And her what's QA for people who may not know? Oh, so that's quality assurance. That's a good point, Derek. So basically what happens is quality assurance is the step that ensures that what you are paying for is worth what you thought you were going to get. Mm. So when she was sourcing her hair from overseas, she said that the sourcers were so smart that she would get samples of her own hair. It would be beautiful, quality product. When people bought directly from her site that was being sourced through the sourcer, she started getting these terrible reviews, mm -hmm. terrible feedback. The, the quality wasn't there. And she was saying that it got so frustrating to her that she ended up having to pivot because at that time, it's the, it's the middleman, right? She's right. not actually getting the hair and putting it together. Mm -hmm. She's coagulating the hair and offering the experience that last mile, right. right? So what we're saying here and what Shabir is saying here is on the renovation tip, he understands how the plumbing works, how the electrical works, how the flooring, everything is supposed to be. He doesn't talk to inspectors. He understands that. So he can deliver superior service mm -hmm. because when his tenant calls him or his tenant calls the management company and say, hey, I have a, I have a leaky toilet. Okay, well, I know it's either one, two, three, right? We'll have somebody over there in a moment. Happy customers spend more money. And that's something that everyone in business should understand. If, if your customer is happy with their product, they're going to tell someone else. And now you have the power of exponentiality. Because if one person tells five people and then those five people tell five people, now your candidacy has exploded. Right. It's right. It's no secret. Everybody knows customer service wins all out. Look at Chick-fil-A. Like, nobody questions everything they do, even if they mess up your order. Look, Chick-fil-A messed up my order one time. I was like, you know what? I did want this instead. <laughs> That's how good they start to see. They, they, they know it. Yeah, I was like, you know what? I did want the sandwich instead of the nuggets. But yeah. it's just like what you said, when, you, when you're dealing with people and there's the people business in the business anyway, eventually. Mm -hmm. On one side, the other side is not. But to keep those those customers, you have to build a rapport and a, and a uh, reputation of, of quality service. Exactly. And the thing is, as an owner, there's a difference between making a suggestion and making a decision. I'm going to say it one more time. When you are a function of a team, but you're not the owner, you are making suggestions. That's right. You have the safety to be able to make a recommendation. But you don't have the responsibility that the owner does. It's a lot different when you're in that driver's owner's seat. So for those of you out there right now listening to us, breaking bread with us, know this. You're going to have problems, but there's nothing out there that's insurmountable. That's right. Mm -hmm. Nothing. You can, there are people that will help you. There are all types of resources, all types of facets of knowledge. Reach out to these folks. They'll give you advice. They'll tell you what to do. But the power of discernment is only yours. You are the person that has to make that choice. That's right. You see what I'm getting at? So like right. you can get advice from 50 different people and you can get 10 separate pieces of advice from these 50 mm -hmm. folks, but you have to understand what your vision is, what you're trying to do, mm -hmm. and you have to execute. Yes, it does take some emotional calories, but don't let that stop you. Like, nah, for sure. Because if you don't, someone will. Think about it like this. If we could go back in time 20 years ago and say, stay with me now, on your computer, you're going to be able to talk to any celebrity you want to if they choose to talk back for free whenever you want. You can see all their pictures and videos that they want you to see. You would have looked at me like I was crazy. Right. Like, what you mean? Like, you mean I could talk to Sandra Bullock? Yeah. She going to talk back? Well, she might. How do I know it's Sandra Bullock? Because she will tell you that it's her. Mm -hmm. It would be insane. That's right. And that social media product that was built on top of the internet that no one saw coming has changed the lives of millions of people.
Mm-hmm. Now yeah. your exposure billions. billions of people. It's made millionaires across the place. Look at Twitch, y'all. Mm-hmm. We got cats getting paid M's to play video games. That's amazing. It I mean, that's the higher you could you make 250 making your Twitch. You won't make it up before. That's a W. You win in yeah. the life. Either that's way. Right. Yeah, you know it's really right. like you go in there. That's why we tell people like, I mean, of course you want to reach your full potential, but if your full potential to caps you out at 750. At least you went out there and got that 750. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And like that's why I say, like we was talking about earlier, what rappers and things like that. Like there's rappers that we might not know in the region that go to Amsterdam, like you said, and make yep. ten thousand dollars a show. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Five days a week. Five days a week. And then come home and relax and, yep. and, and live a good life. Come to the family reunion, cooling, chilling. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. and, and that's there's so many people in the world. So, you know, for those who who spend your time with us, we really appreciate y'all fans. We really appreciate y'all good people, but we want y'all to know this. Like there are so many people out here and there's so much opportunity out here. Mm-hmm. If you take the steps one day at a time, I'm making progress every day. That's a slogan I got right here from bro. Make If you do that every single day, you're going to wake up and you're going to look back and see how far you've come. But right. don't let the obstacles, the little hurdles stop you. You know what I mean? Take a break if you need to. Go take a nap, whatever. But come back and get to it. If the problem's too big, break it up. We got a saying, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. The same way you eat a fish. The same way you eat a piece of chicken. One Mm -hmm. bite at a time. So apply that as you guys are going out here and making y'all's dreams come true. We want y'all to remember that. So again, we out here with Asher Beer is here. Real estate investor, philanthropist, entrepreneur, trucking companies on deck, all of that. So got a funny question for you. So I understand, bro, you used to get on the roof. Yeah, that's you get right. on the roof. You still get on the roof, though. Nah, <laughs> let's, let's get on the roof. Nah, like, let's, let's, yeah, let's, yeah, you get on the, get on the roof. Yeah, like, yeah, like, because boss man got to be like, hey, shingles got new roof got to be replaced. Tell me about oh, the roof. Yeah, because this, this is the thing. Uh, I didn't come up doing none of this mm-hmm. like at all from real estate, road service, um, just been just any any anything I got going on now. We uh first generation with, with this stuff we got going on, so. It's a good thing and a bad thing. Sometimes I go into things blind, but I go go at it in my mind. I'm already programmed like for <clears throat> for the end goal, which is the which is success. I don't care what got to happen. This is the end goal, and it's what we're gonna get no matter what. But sometimes it's risky because I do something like hey, I'm gonna go ahead and get on the roof and help these guys and do this and that because I haven't been out there long enough to know and see and experience other people falling. None of that. So I get on there with no issue. Like oh, it's the ladder. Let me climb up here. One day I was uh, talking to some of my guys and they was like, yeah, man, I was up here one day. A dude passed me a, a, a piece of wood and it hit me and I fell off the roof. And I was like, hmm. And he was like, yeah. He's, I was, he said, I fell off and I uh, landed on my hip and I ain't been walking the same since. And I said, hmm, really? Let me go ahead and get on down ASAP then. <laughs> and then I talked to some of my other guys that helped me out every day. And he was like, uh, yeah, man. He's like, yeah, well, a buddy of mine fell off the roof and broke his arm. And I was like, oh, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and stay on the ground where I need to stay, at, man. <laughs> because at the end of the day, I, that's just something I, it's not needed. Right. It ain't necessary. Mm-hmm. That's not my role. You don't mm-hmm. see Phil Jackson playing ball at all. Mm-hmm. You never have. Never will. Because he plays his role, man. Mm-hmm. Well, I could tell. I, okay, so I have two parts of that. Because I know I, I get both parts, actually. Because I agree with what you're saying. You can't especially when you're in that role, you're actually being in the way more of the times than not. Sure. And second of all, I mean, you said you used to do it. And I'm going to tell you what, I think people like you in that position do stuff like that because your team need to know that in, in a pitch, if you really need to, 
well, I got to do what I got to do. That's yeah, boss. I'm right here with you. It's real to do what need to do if it's really needed. You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. I think when you're the leader of any type of team or group, the leader has to, the group of people have to realize, feel that the leader is in it with them. You know what I'm saying? For sure. It's For in sure. it with them. Not saying like, because now they know you're not above anything. You're not, not saying sure. you won't do it. It's just saying, hey, I got other stuff to take care of. Exactly. Y'all y'all take care of the roof. Yeah. And I and think that's what, uh, you've had good managers, you have bad managers. That's right. And most of the time, bad managers, because they made themselves feel isolated, like I'm the manager and you are them. And not that we're a team, I'm just the leader of the team. That's you right. know what I'm saying? And when you've made them feel like you're part of the team, but you're the leader, they listen, they hear you out, they, they follow your lead. But when you make yourself separate, it's like, this dude ain't even rocking with us. He's just telling us what to do. He, he has no self-interest in us or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think, see, that's why when you say, I'm getting off, they was like, all right, cool. Well, we know you're willing to do it, but you know you got other things to do. And that's why I think a real quality leader is, to that, be honest. Yeah, that is good leadership right. because you understand that they, what you bring to the table is vision. What they bring to the table is function. And you need both of those items to make this successful, right? Because mm-hmm. you're paying these vendors to replace this roof. That's right. What good are you laying up in Duke University? with your leg turning to grits because you fell off a roof. Yeah. You had the discernment to say, you know what? Gravity is undefeated. That's Never right. lost. That's right. <laughs> Name a time of gravity lost. Never. Never. Out, I, don't lose, out bro. Out space, but that's not where we're at. Yeah, that's right. That's right. When you on this here planet, you on gravity home, on, on, on court, All gravity undefeated. So you was like, you know what? Let me, let me trust the professionals that I've hired yeah. to accomplish this goal. Yeah. And that's another function of leadership. And and again, like we said earlier, it's the difference between making a recommendation and making a decision. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a leadership thing. That's making a decision, man. One thing I had to realize with a situation like that is as well, and with all of this stuff is this. Not not on not to sound negative or anything like that, but mm-hmm. the thing is this. I can find another guy to do a roof. Mm-hmm. I can't find another me. That's right. And even if I can, it'd be way easier to find another guy to get on the roof mm-hmm. than to find, find me. And to be honest, if because you're you, you, you still won't follow up on the guy that's doing your job. That's the thing. <laughs> right. And it's yeah, yeah, because I know all because you have the vision, and right. that's and that's the thing. You have the vision. You get, have the map. Everybody got a role to play, and I realize I got to play my role. Oh, yeah, that's, that's, that's just it. Is. It's like I've been part of a group where I wasn't a leader, but honestly, at that time, I wasn't prepared to be a leader. And then yeah. the leader I have, I'm gonna be honest, he's one of the best. Um, leaders I've ever had in my life as a manager. His name is Ken Volpe. He probably, I don't even know where he's at now. In this <laughs> I used to work with him um, at Sprint yeah. and just see how, uh, and this was his first time being a manager of a store as well, mm-hmm. and just how he um, included us in everything. Not only saying like, hey, this is what we're doing, but he'll give the best story to what, why we're doing this in the production. It's not necessarily like you explaining because I need to tell you. It's just like, hey, this is, this is the end goal of this and this is why we're doing this process. And Doing that makes you understand. Honestly, makes you want to do it more. It does. You know what I'm saying? And like I say, he had to do that every time. But like early when he first started, it's just like you said, everybody has a role. And I think people egos get too big sometimes, where they don't want to play a role. And it's like, hey, if you want to be a lead, you gotta learn how to figure out the role first. That's why you went on the roof for sure. Because <laughs> you like, I don't know how to do this, but I want to see what's going on. Yep. And then once you finish, you're like, all right, well, let me get back to my role yeah. to what I need to be. Yeah. And I think people don't realize like you can't always jump to the front. Sometimes you automatically the leader and that's fine. But mm-hmm. either way, I've been the leader and then been back into a a, 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 lead, a, a role in a group because, okay, you're, that's your strength, not mine. Yep. You gotta, you gotta come together for the team for sure, Mitchell. Mm-hmm. You gotta be honest enough to know, honest enough with yourself to know, listen, these guys are better such and such to me. This guy's mm-hmm. a better roofer to me. This guy's a better mm-hmm. plumber. This guy's a better this. Just because you might have the most money, what does that mean? Does that mean that you better? No, it doesn't. Mm-hmm. This guy's a specialist. Thank you. Let the specialist do his job. You got to check your ego. 
That's right. You got to check your ego. You know what I'm saying? People tie that money to their ego or their ego to their money. Mm -hmm. Like, you're better than Like, no, nah, but the last time I checked, without that plumber, you ain't got no water, bro. Okay. So you might want to chill and let him do his thing so that you can have some water. Don't forget the mission. That's right. People get caught up in the journey. They get caught up mm -hmm. in the tangents and all these other satellite things. Linear thinking. Don't lose sight of the mission. That's right. So if you do that, you'll normally be all right, good people. Mm -hmm. That's right. So another thing I want to ask you about, so uh, I understand that on the philanthropy side, you do a lot for the community too, right? So you guys do a back to school drive. Yeah, this this year right here is going to be the fifth one, the fifth year that we did. We uh, Dope. we have it in Smithfield. It's actually uh, the last few years we've been having it right across the street from the projects we used to stay in when, I, when we were younger. Uh -huh. And uh, for us to be able to give away hundreds of book bags, feed hundreds of people, had the uh, water slides out there for the kids, had the, base, uh, the basketballs, the uh, footballs, the school supplies, and, you know, just a good man, the good vibes and the music and all of that going on. And for us to come from the projects that we used to stay across the street to be doing what we're doing across the street, man, is it's, it's, it's phenomenal. And yeah. I'm glad that we're able to do it. And this year, actually, we're going to do a scholarship. We try to, do, oh, no, we try to get, we try to get better and better every year. And this year, we're going to have more, more slides. We're going to continue to have... Uh, you know, not just hot dogs and hamburgers, we steaks, like a real deal meal. Yeah. It's not no, hey, we give just them an experience. Give, yeah. yeah, this is, hey, listen, nah, this is steaks, bro. This is ribs. This is salmon. This is something that's, that's, mm -hmm. that, that y'all deserve. And this Thank can you. be done. I used to stay right over there. Yeah. yeah. And that's, and that's the next question I've been burning to ask you. So when you're standing there, knowing behind you that you and your team put together this great community cookout and you're looking at the projects that, cause I know exactly where you at, yeah. right across the train tracks. Yeah. And you're looking at those brown single story projects, what goes to your mind? What 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 is your heart feel for you're standing literally across the street and you're looking at the past? It's a beautiful thing. It it, it let me know that uh that starting young and never stopping something something real. Because I had a vision in my mind from when I was younger where I wanted to be, and that's what I became. And that's it. And I and I realized like at the end of the day, it was a beautiful journey. Even though I'm here, we still got a long way to go. But I'm thankful for where I came from. It's humbling. It's a humbling experience because I would have, even back then, I would have never thought that I would be able to do. I mean, I would have thought, but it's like, wow, this is really going on. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a humbling experience, and I'm thankful, and I'm I'm uh, grateful that me and my people was able to put it together and do it like that because. I haven't seen nobody do it like that before. People, you know, people had money, people had situations where they could have did it, but being able to see it in, in our mind and bring it to real life is, is mm. mind blowing. Knowing where we came from, knowing what we used to do, knowing that I'm a three-time felon still able to get quote unquote written off by society, but still be able to do something like this and be a hundred percent legit for years. It's phenomenal. It is phenomenal, man. And yeah, shout out to you for that in the community, especially bringing a scholarship to it. That's so what Yeah, we doing and that this year. I, I was telling uh, Lee earlier when we were sitting here talking, like, uh, you know, I'm not from Justin County originally, but I went to high school in Justin County. Yeah. And just seeing, he was telling me about the drive earlier before you said it, and, and I'm like, man, that's dope because even in Clayton, where I went to high school at, we like some of the barbers in there, they get together to do free cuts and school drives. Yeah. As well. it's, it's just yeah, dope to see yeah, all these Justin County people just, hey, man. We we got we got ourselves in a successful situation. Let's go back and reach back to the kids out there and seeing you doing that, and then them out there, and then some other pockets. I see people do a little things too, or not. I little demeaning. I'm sorry, but things too. Yeah, it's just dope that Johnston County in general just have all that and just trying to support because I believe in community and reaching back for the kids. So 
Oh, for sure. Exactly, exactly, man. It's easier to mold a kid than try to mold an adult, man. It no, is way easier. The adult, they already got their mind made, their egos. There's a lot of things involved with an adult. With, with When they're young, you catch them while they're young, man, it's way easier to mold them, way easier to inspire them. Right. It's a lot more. The right trajectory. Yes, mm-hmm. way easier. Yeah, that's a fact. And, you know, I actually have questions about the scholarship, right? So, you know, this is the first year of it. I think that's major, man, because, you know, I I was the benefactor of a lot of community scholarships. You know, mm-hmm. when I was getting ready to go to A&T, you know, we did everything, bro. We was frying fish, sipping fish, <laughs> plants. I was working jobs and and this and that. And then, you know, my I, I went to a small church, right? Mission Memorial, right yeah. down the street. You know what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, I went to church there, got a scholarship here. It's like, you know, here and there, everywhere mm-hmm. else. But all, every dime of that scholarship money truly helped. And I think that because of the way Smithfield and Selma and Clayton are constructed, you you know or are familiar with many of the people that you're around for a long time. Right. So for those youth to see somebody like a Shabir, somebody mm-hmm. that they've seen around the way their whole life, come back doing the right thing, giving that scholarship, is infusing hope into a place that needs it. Like that's the nicest way to say it. <laughs> but sure. infusing hope in a, in a place that needs it, man. So you got the details you want to share about the scholarship, but how does one apply? Is it going to be from the community? How are you guys going to select the recipient? Like, I'm interested in that because I think that's that's amazing. We're in the early stages right now, but I know for sure we uh gonna have a scholarship committee. We're gonna allow people mm-hmm. to submit the applications. Then uh, the scholarship committee is gonna look through all the applications, and then we're gonna be able to choose from there. That's dope, man. That's, that's like I said, it's in the early stages, but that's that's as much as we know right now. That's major. Nah, that's, that's, that's major, major. though. That's definitely amazing. Absolutely, absolutely. So again, good people, breaking bread podcast. Lee, Derek, we kicking it with Shabir. At Shabir is here. So, you know, now we're going to get to a little, uh, little, the little surprise. I told you I had some surprises for gotcha. you, bro. So the gotcha. first one in this segment is called Two Shots and One. All right. right. Super simple. We're going to ask you three questions. And you just give us your honest answer on these three questions, right? So the first one, we're painting a picture for you, right? It's a long day, right? You, you, you know, went to the spot. Truck broke down. It's super hot. Changed the axle. You know what I'm saying? Went to the real estate spot. You know, fell off a roof. <laughs> Bro, you on the ground. Bro, that got me on the roof. So you on the way to the crib. What food spot are you going to stop at on the way home to improve that day for you? What's that spot after a tough, long day that you like, yeah, I'm about to rock with this? The chill spot. That's what I've been on lately. The chill, the chill spot. spot. It's a Jamaican place in Rocky Mount. Mm-hmm. That's that's what I've been on lately. Yeah. What do you like to get from there? The uh, jerk shrimp. Jerk shrimp. And they got a drink called a ragamuffin there. Mm-hmm. I like them. Uh, what they call it again? Ragamuffin. The ragamuffin. Yeah. You know, that's good. my stopping grounds in that area. So I'm like, yeah. I have to check that out. Hey, yeah. Right yeah. 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 That. That's sure. dope. That's dope. So, second question two shots and one here with Asher Beers here. What's your favorite brunch spot? Damn. <laughs> Got him. Anything, anything. <laughs> Off the top of my head, I would say Lurita's is a place that they do uh brunch. Yeah. It's in the mountain. They do stuff on Sundays. It's pretty good. Okay. They do like um chicken and waffles. They got uh and they got a fish thing that they do there as well. I would say that for sure. You said where is that now? In the mountain. In the mountain, yeah. Really? Rocky Mountain. Yeah. Rocky Mount, dog. And then uh let me see. What else? Brunch. Mm. There's another spot. I can't think of the name, man. 
Yeah, so if you're over there at the mouth, what we heard is the chill spot in Laredas. So yeah, in them areas, go shout them out, tell them breaking bread pie sent you. Yeah. And the third and last question, now we're gonna pivot back to the entrepreneurship and all your endeavors, right? What is a pivotal moment? It could be positive, it could be negative, it could be however you want to traject it. But what's a pivotal moment in your path of entrepreneurship that you look back on day and be like, man, that was the turning point? Uh when I was hitting some bumps in the road, like like I said, I was in I was in the streets before. When I was hitting some bumps in the road, taking some major losses and and dealing with some things, some negative things that come along with dealing with, you know, the streets, I started losing my mojo. And then I could tell like my my family, uh, I felt like they was losing faith in me. Mm. And when I felt that, I was like, damn, boy. Mm. Yeah. And then me and my, you know, me and my younger brother Ryan had a conversation one day. And after that conversation, I was like, man, I got to shake this off. I can't go out like this. I can't be a has-been, mm-hmm. regardless of what. I took these losses, but at the end of the day, I'm still young. My life is not over. Regardless of what happened, it is what it is. I still got my mind. Mm-hmm. I still got my body. I can still get out here and do whatever. At the end of the day, I, this, this, these, this is going to be a defining moment, but it's not going to define the rest of my life. This is not the the uh, the the high point of my life. Is uh, is no. This is a bump in the road, and we're gonna continue to move forward from here. Mm-hmm. And that and since then, I uh, I shook it off. I got my I got my situation right, and then mm-hmm. after that, I've took losses that make those losses back then look look like play play. But I handled them completely different. I didn't let them break me. Mm-hmm. I didn't let them. Um, make me feel negative mentally. I didn't allow them to put me in a space where I was like, man, damn, man, you know, man, am I ever going to be able to come back? Am I ever going to be able to bounce back? Right. Nah, at the end of the day, this is what we do. Mm-hmm. It's business. Losses come with the game. So sure it's all about, the thing is this, you can't spell, you can't spell million without two L's. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to turn, take that L, that loss and turn it to a lesson. You can't spell billion without two L's. Mm-hmm. I think about that, man. That's fast. I never bars that before. That was a bar. I never, bars. That's real. I tell. That's, this is something I say to myself all the time, and like just people I talk to have those conversations with. With something unexpected happened, that's a negative for you. It's a tough loss, whatever it is. It's now it's up to you. Is it going to be a sentence, a paragraph, a page, or your whole book of your life? Mm. You know what I'm saying? That's right. And it's really what you do. And I'm not saying like as soon as something hits you, you're not supposed to. Whew, you know, everybody has that moment. Like, dang, that yeah, that hit. How long are you going to stay in it? Is it about to be your whole book now? Yeah. Like, this is my yeah. life? Or is this is a part of it? Is this just a paragraph? Or is yeah. it? And you have a whole page. Like I said, you have to determine that and do that yourself. But that's really what it is. It's all right to take that blow. You get hit. For, all right, I got to wipe that blood off. All right, cool. All right. Yep. But you got to keep going, though. You, you can't. can't, I can't sit, you cannot sit in it. I, I, I'm not trying to get religious, but in the Bible, it's a throw a walk through the valley of death, not sit mm-hmm. in it. Yeah, that's, that's all I'm saying. Take up your right. bed and walk. Take your bed and walk. Like, like if you look at those things, it's about progression and movement and to piggyback on both of y'all's good points my dad used to always tell me my dad's a very straightforward person <laughs> he's like he boy <laughs> he just get to the point yeah he used to always tell me son you're gonna get knocked down but when you're on the ground physically metaphorically whatever when you're on the ground the only thing you need to think about while you're on the ground is get up mm-hmm. don't think about the periphery don't think about 30 steps beyond all them, don't, because that's how you panic. Mm-hmm. When you're on the ground, the only thing is get up, mm-hmm. get up, get up, get up. Mm-hmm. And when you get up, 
then you figure out what you're going to do. Mm-hmm. A lot of people get lost in that valley because they're thinking about all the stuff that could go wrong while they're on the ground. Right. But you just, just, just get up first mm-hmm. because the world keeps moving. Life's going to keep going. Mm-hmm. People are going to continue to do what they're going to do. And if you continue to lay down, the world's moving forward. You're going to get left. Right. That's right. And you know, awesome, beautiful stories here, but that's the big takeaway, man. And I love that. Can't spell billion without two L's. That's tough. Damn, bro, people lose. Bro, you see, if you read the um, Wall Street Journal, any of that stuff right now, you can see the richest people in the world are down billions of dollars mm-hmm. from November to May. People done lost billions. They haven't technically lost, like they might have lost in their net worth, but mm-hmm. they down billions of dollars. And these folks still smiling every day. When you see Elon Musk, on them pictures, he's smiling, joking, trolling about buying Twitter and stuff like <laughs> yeah, that. He's not letting it. Yeah, buy, buying Coca trolling. He can't. Yeah, I'm about to say he can't buy nothing right now. The way Tesla moving. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but it's gonna bounce back. It's not saying. Yeah, it's gonna bounce back for the sure. Last two days is. Yeah, it's gonna bounce back. Yeah, for sure. But hey. I, I, saw, I read. Well, that's a whole other story. But I, it was an interesting article about how he's um taking his time buying Twitter now because he, it was based off of. Tesla money, but uh, because of shifting the stuff, he has to wait now. Well, he's really trying to wait by saying, let me look at X, Y, and Z. But mm-hmm. look, it's, a, it's an interesting play. I'll be watching, like you said, it, it's funny how you grow up and now you're watching finance stuff. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I find myself turning and, on and the TV and watching it. And it's so interesting because you realize that everybody's doing the same stuff. Right. Like, you have access to the same things that these people who've made millions of dollars do. You have access to the knowledge. Back in the 70s, if you want to learn something, you had to go to the library Use the Dewey Decimal System to find a book, yep. hope that it wasn't checked out, read it, and all that type of stuff. Now, if I want to know something, I could pick out a took, pull out my phone, go to Google. Hey, Google, how do I do this? On your couch and I tell people school. all the time, YouTube University. Yeah. Google University. That's right. Ain't nothing that you can't learn out here. Right. How to do. All it takes is you, your drive, and your desire. Mm-hmm. So if you want to tomorrow learn how to make t-shirts, you can do that. You want to learn how to get into real estate, you can do that. You want to learn how to start a podcast, you can do that. Go out there and read it. That information is out there for you. Mm-hmm. And like, and on the Tesla thing, you know, one of the biggest jokes I like to make in the market, because I'm I'm down real big, especially on the crypto side. Mm. But boy, yeah, crypto. boy, but I ain't lost. Want to know why? Because it ain't a loss until you sell. It ain't until a win until you sell either. It ain't a loss till you sell. It ain't a win till you sell. It just is. Just is. It just is. What a lot of people don't know. And to your point about uh, the the Elon Musk deal. Yeah. He was going to use his Tesla stock as leverage mm-hmm. to get a loan. Mm-hmm. That's what people don't realize. If I own enough of something, I could go to the bank and say, this is my collateral. Mm-hmm. So, hey, I own, I'm going to just make something up. I own 300,000 Cardano coins, right? I could go to a bank and say, yeah, I'm going to need 100,000. And I'll put this up for collateral. But a lot of people think that it's all about just one facet. Right. You can use all types of angles. Go talk to your personal banker. You need a piece of money. You need $5,000 to start that business or whoever out there listening. Go talk to your banker. That's what they get paid to do. That's they right. will tell you if you are qualified. They will give you literal steps on how to get qualified. And if they don't, then go find a local credit union because they will. Mm-hmm. Go find a community college. They have small business tribunals that will mm-hmm. tell you exactly everything you needed to know. If you got, if you sitting on a multi-million dollar idea right now out there, if you're listening and you hear this and you know you got a multi-million dollar idea, and man, if I just had $10,000 for production, I can get this going. Go to the credit union on Monday. Mm-hmm. The next business hours, if you are under the sound of my voice right now, the next business hour that that bank is open, walk in that credit union and this is what you say. You go straight to the teller and say, hi, I have a small business plan. I need to talk to a banker about funding. That's it. They'll tell you what you need to know. And if they don't, walk out, go to the next one. Don't right. walk out, go to the next one until you find mm-hmm. that person that will give you the game. Once you have the game, 
Double check that against YouTube University. Double check that against Google University and just go do the stuff. Yes, be, 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 be a millionaire and then cut me my 10%. All right, so yeah. oh, we going to. <laughs> you can find me at B-Bread Podcast. Uh, all of that. And when they send a DM, I answer up. Like, yeah, what's going on? Go ahead, hit the hash up. <laughs> like, bro, what, you, what is this? Hey, man, you know. You know? <laughs> well, listen, man, it's been a ball out here kicking it with it. We're at Shabir's here for the last segment, our big money maker. This right here, my good brother, is called Big Positive Energy, BPE. Mm -hmm. show. So this is how this works. This is the Breaking Bad Podcast, but it's your show now. So we're going to step back. We're going to give you as much time as you need to shout out anything that you're happy about, anything that you're proud of, anything that you want anybody to know about your story, your trajectory. This is kind of the opportunity for you to, you know, stun a little bit, pop your collar. We're going to be the hype man, <laughs> right? So... Big positive energy, BPE, good people. We thank y'all for breaking bread with us. We're going to close this thing out with Ash Beer is here. BPE is up. Run it up, bro. What you got for us? Uh, what I'm going to say is this. First of all, thank y'all for having me. Thank y'all for uh, inviting me. Y'all got a beautiful thing going on in here. And it's, appreciate you know, that. Appreciate it, bro. Appreciate it's that. lovely, man. It's, it's always lovely to be around people that look like you, promoting positivity and moving in the right direction. So uh, that's, that's where I would like to uh, keep it. Appreciate that, man. Y'all bought me here. I appreciate I'm that, man. I'm glad. And uh, I'm glad I got to, you know, sit down and speak with y'all, man. We got some good food. We got good vibes. It's a good place. Right. It's love. We can't, I can't complain. I already knew you was good people. He was like, that's my boy. And like I said, you know, you know, when you meet, you know, good people. Yeah. And he's like, he was like, man, he, he cool. He good people. I'm like, bro, you I already know. Cause you good people. No, and you I appreciate people. that. And Lee don't keep nobody but good people around him. No. So it wasn't even a question. Like, yeah. All right, cool. Let's do it, man. So yeah, and, we here. And not only were you good people, you brought us good food. <laughs> hey, listen, oh, shout out the spot right quick. Where we get the food from today, Shabir? Let's uh, talk about that. Vittles at the party. It's my, uh, some of my cousins in Durham, they got a restaurant. Some of my other cousins in Durham, they got a restaurant too. Is, uh eat soul food, okay. eat, eat home style soul food. Let me, let me look it up and get the right. Yeah, well, you yeah, know, right. the Vittles, yeah. uh, Vittles, Vittles at the park. The jerk Bust. chicken egg rolls. Bust. Mm -hmm. I almost forgot we was about to start rolling, y'all. I'm telling you. It, but, I can't wait for this episode to end. Just so let's eat soul food is the name of the other one. Everything is good at both of them. And, uh, it's up. It's just beautiful. Like day, man. It's a beautiful thing. Shout out to my family. Shout out to my loved ones. Start, start young, never stop. Start Amen. Young, never stop. Start right young, there. never stop. Well, good people. I'm Lee. I'm Derek. We was kicking it with Shabir's here. Thank y'all for breaking bread with What's your me, Instagram man? one more time before we hop off, man? Shabir's here. S-H-A-B-E-R-E. And the thing is, man, my name been messed up so many damn times. <laughs> That's why I, that, I'm, I'm telling folks, is it Shabari? Is it Shabari? No, it's Shabir. Like, Shabari? I'm telling them, like, it's Shabir, like, yeah, here. That's why, right. I, that's why I, that's where Shabir's here came from, so it wouldn't go over people's head. Right. It always blew my mind, like, how could y'all mess this up? So you made it rhyme for me. <laughs> yeah. Bars made it easy. And Shabir is here. $2 million real estate portfolio. Let's start there. Secondly, you know, owner of Two to Top Trucking, King's Contracting, shout out to them. Good people, good mm -hmm. brother, served our country and, and is an absolute testament to mind over matter. Thank y'all for kicking it with us to get today, good people. Appreciate y'all breaking bread. Y'all have a good one. Be easy. Be right, out of here.